With every pull of the rope, Tucker Flynn brought the trap that much closer to the surface. He lifted the lime-green lobster trap out of the water and slid it down with the other two on the trawl. His cracked hand pulled the throttle lever to a standing position, putting the periwinkle into neutral. He worked through all three traps quickly, separating the lobsters that were too short from the keepers. After slipping bands over the keeper's claws and dropping them into the live well, he restuffed the black mesh bait bags until they bulged with frozen mackerel chunks. When the last bait bag was cinched tight, he closed the trap doors with the clatter of the plastic-coated wires. He put the boat into gear and scanned the water. Better to lay the traps in the shallow, rockier places that other boats didn't dare traverse. He turned the wheel sharp, banged a yui, then slid the traps off in his wake so they would land parallel to the shore. The season was finally producing. Tucker eyed the well, holding the six keepers he'd gotten from the last set as his boat slowly trolled along the coast. When he rounded the bend, he noticed another lobster boat bobbing amid a clutch of motley-colored buoys. Two suntan deckhands in canvas white v-neck t-shirts and tight-fitting jeans milled about Tom Braxton's deck. Braxton had been in the lobstering business since Tucker's father's day and was known to be ornery as a bull kicked in the junk. As he guided the periwinkle closer to his buoys, Tucker wondered if he would morph into Tom in another twenty years or so. A subtle wind brushed his cheek, and he spied suspicious gray clouds rolling up from the southeast. Tucker cruised by Braxton's boat, whose name, the Water Angel, was painted in black, sloppy letters at the stern. The Water Angel probably had five feet on Tucker's boat, and a few more in girth. One of Braxton's deckhands gave Tucker a deadpan glare. The man, holding a curved fillet knife, leaned against the boat rail with his legs crossed, as if he were loitering outside a convenience store. His brown eyes and dark features were part of a black-stubbled, thin face and accompanied by a mustache with combed whiskers. Without breaking Tucker's stare, the man moved his lips, saying something that made his companion, who'd been leaning over the boat's side, spin around. This guy had a similar face, but a thicker frame, his body and shoulders resembling a boat mast and his chest puffed out like a sail. Movement in the Water Angel's wheelhouse drew Tucker's eyes away from the man on deck. He saw Braxton, the guy who resembled a walrus more than a man, especially in his orange fisherman's bib. Braxton and his new two-man crew didn't acknowledge Tucker as he circled their boat to locate his traps. Tucker plucked a blue and white buoy out of the water and almost fell over backward when he found no resistance. The line had been cut. He let the painted chunk of styrofoam and plastic clatter across the periwinkle's deck. I hope this is some kind of coincidence, he muttered. The fact that the buoy hadn't drifted away was a clear sign that it wasn't, though. His hackles rose like tiny spikes. Tucker spotted the other buoy he'd left in this cove as it floated around the bow of the water angel. He could tell that it was moving too freely to be attached to a trap. As he reached over his rail, he gave the guys in Braxton's boat a wave. He snatched up the buoy and the men froze, watching him. Tucker made a show of studying the straight-cut end of a line. Wonder what's wrong with this picture, eh, fellas? Tom Braxton grabbed the wheel of his boat and pushed down on the throttle lever. Tucker hollered at Braxton's broad backside. Hey, oh, Tom! 
The two deckhands turned their backs to the periwinkle. Tucker tilted the throttle down all the way and his boat leapt forward for a moment. Then he let up and steered alongside the water angel less than an arm's length away. Tom had no choice but to take notice of him. He left his boat in neutral and stuck his head out of the wheelhouse. The hell you want, Flynn? He was probably four hundred pounds, and his double chin shook as he barked at Tucker. His hair resembled steel wool, which he'd trapped within the red netting of a trucker hat. Deep-set blue eyes were cast in the shadow of overgrown silver eyebrow brambles. Tucker cut his engine and stepped out of the wheelhouse to his rail, which was a long piece of plywood designed for the lobster traps. Wanted to see if you knew anything about my two buoys over here. Both of them cut. Seems like it must have happened just minutes ago. Tucker's words were slow and deliberate. Wouldn't know anything about that, Flynn, Tom said.